chapter 12. I'm excited. I can talk. It's peril to my wife and precious to the Lord. You folks didn't hear that. It's peril to my wife and precious to the Lord. Because, you know, a talking husband just talk, talk, talk. Talk about things he knows and talk about things he doesn't know. Now, if your husband is not like that, you better be thankful. Because she had a talking doll here. And the Lord, like that song, have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your problem. He'll hear your faintest cry. And serve by and by. Well, then you. Oh, oh, oh. Mm, I have a little talk with Jesus. Mm, tell him all about Woo! your faintest cry. And sure, well, feel when you know, my Lord. Well, once I was born in sin, I hear a cry, he will answer. Well, you feel it. Hallelujah. Well, well, I don't Get down and dance. Well, I feel that you know. Have a little talk with you. You better. Ho, 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 ho. Ho, ho, ho. Brother Marlon, grab your wife and give her a spin. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your travel. Well, he'll have. Well, feel it. That you know, have a little talk, Jesus, make it right. Woo, woo, woo. Chapter 12, St. John. And to redeem the time, we're going to verse 9. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, Jesus. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death, because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. I honestly feel I only need one person to preach to today. Only one person. And the rest of your spectators. And that person, the participator. Lord, we thank you right now. We thank you right now. 
for your goodness and your mercies, God, that you have in this service for us. You have blessed us in heavenly places. And Lord, we know that you're in this house. In Jesus' name. Let me seated. I want to quickly redefine to you the purpose of Jesus. That's not my title. But my title is Defend Your Lazarus. Defend Your Lazarus. There are people in this building right now. Your house has a Lazarus. Your house have a Lazarus. And I want to first tell you about Jesus Christ. I found out in prayer this week that Jesus did not come to save me from financial bankruptcy. He did not come to save me from being sick. He did not come to save me from unemployment. He did not come to save me from social ills. And many times we categorize him outside of his divine purpose. He said, I came for a cause. And that cause is not to put food on your table. Amen. And a lot of people have had disappointment with Jesus because they did not understand his purpose and his cause. And it's easy for you and me to walk away saying like the apostles, curse that now that we are perished, wake up, Jesus, to reality. There's a storm, and I'm in the midst of the storm, and there's no haven of rest where I'm at. How can you sleep through my crisis? But that's not why he come to gather the wind in his fist. Did he come to stop the storm from being where they were? In fact, somebody cried to Jesus, tell my brother to share the inheritance equally. He said, who made me a divider of inheritance? One lady cried to him and said, Lord, 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 my daughter's grievously vexed with the devil. I want you to heal me. And he refused to even look at her, answer her, because that was not his purpose. And she insists with importunity, kept on going. And finally he said, look, woman, I didn't come for you. That's not my purpose. My purpose is not you. And she said, yeah, I realize that, but you're not going to change your purpose. And she insisted on him. And because of her persistency, she walked away with a promise of a healed daughter because of her humility and her realization that I am imposing on the divine purpose of the almighty God. And if you're humble, you'll walk away with divine healing. If you're humble, you'll get more than you purpose to get. Because she walked away and Jesus said, you have such great faith that I've never seen before among the nation of Israel. Yes, amen. And so Jesus Christ is that kind of person. But he, he came here to save us from our, that's the only purpose he has. I want you to let that sink in your mind right now. I've been sick in the past of my life many times with body racked with pain. 
and prayed and nothing happened. I had no time when I've gone for prayer. All came, anointing was applied, and nothing happened. And if you're not careful, you'd walk away and say, it doesn't work. Or Jesus does not get involved with human affair. Many people have arrived at that situation. Now we're told a story in Bethany. Jesus had some friends. It's good to be a friend of God, like Abraham was. Mary, which was not the oldest, was the youngest, and Martha, and a young man called Lazarus. And Mary and Martha, putting pressure on Jesus, said, go tell him, he's about two miles away, that you, the one that you love is sick. Can God love you to be sick? Absolutely. Can God love you and the devil smite you with boils? Absolutely. Can, <laughs> can God love you and your brother and lied on you and put you in prison for 17 years? Absolutely. Your circumstance have no reflection of the depth of the love that God has for you. God love is not situational. Are conditional. It's unconditional love. He said, your friend that you love, the friend that you love is sick. There's a pressure there. It's not just Lazarus is sick, but you claim that you love him. And love will always stick closer than a brother. And if you really love him, I don't care what your journey and doings are, you're going to drop the pot and come running to heal him. Now, Bethany's called the house of figs. Jesus is in Judea and in a place, and he said, we're going to go see Lazarus. But before he went, Jesus, the Bible said, deliberately stood back two days Longer to allow matters to get worse. Anybody you feel like my home situation is getting from bad to worse, then you got a Lazarus in your house. I said, you've got a Lazarus in your house because this is a sickness that I don't want to live with. But when it's in your house, you go to bed with it. You get up with it. It's not like your name when you drop it and drop out. It's in your house, and you call on the one that you thought would help. And guess what? Nothing is happening. Jesus Christ did not leave. In fact, the apostles were shocked. Jesus, I thought you loved Lazarus. They said he's grievously sick, and Mary and Martha, who you care for, is struggling with a death sickness. There is sorrow and horror in the house. If you really care, Jesus, like you said you love them, you would show up now. Drop everything you're doing and go. But Jesus knew what they wanted, and then what God 
as forecasted. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. God don't always show you what he planned to do in your future. While your present is eating you away like a cancer. And look like no answer is on sight. And it seemed like he cared not that you perish. But God has a forecast of your future. And your present does not interfere. You know, the Lord told a man called Paul that he's going to go to see Caesar eyeball to eyeball. And yet between that prophecy and the movement of Saul, there was a storm called Eurachidon. <coughs> and the ship broke up. The storm looked like the prophecy was a lie. I know somebody right now in this church, God talked to you, and you feel like he lied. You feel like he lied because you still got the sickness in your house. You still got the problem in your house. And you're faced with your record on. But God gave you a forecast. You are going to talk to Caesar. And I don't care how many serpents bit you. I don't care how many shipwrecks you've gone through. I don't care how many storms you've gone through. I don't care how many mutinies on board. You are going to see Caesar. Oh, somebody need to get a hold of this. I knew I was wasting my time talking to people who don't believe what I'm talking about right now. But if you really love me, fix me right now. If you really care, God, stop the storm. And then Apostle Paul, whom God said, this is the chosen vessel unto me. Chosen? Then God, if I'm really that chosen, get these thorns out of my sight. You've got thorns in your house. you got thorns in your life. you got thorns in your flesh. And you're praying, God, set me free. If I'm really a chosen vessel, and I'm not just a frozen vessel, but I'm a chosen vessel, then take this thorn out of my side. I don't know how many times he prayed, but he prayed three times. Three times, God, if I'm that special, take this thorn out of my side. My friend, what you're going through as the reflection on the prophetic word went on your life. What a quiet church. I don't know why I talk to bankrupted saints who don't seem to understand. I said, your situation is no reflection on the prophetic word went on your life. I can tell Sarah, said, I'm now 100 years old or 99 years old. Agar is still not the answer. I didn't give you a date. I gave you a promise. I didn't give you a date. I gave you a promise. There's a Lazarus in your house. And I know why I have not showed up. Oh, I heard your prayer. I've seen their tears. Hey, Martha's crying. Mary's crying. Lazarus is hurting. And Jesus is delaying. But my delay does not mean denial. It does not mean dead case. Let's shout right now. Circumstance does not define the prophetic word on my life. God spoke it in my life. 
And I'm content to believe that I shall receive. And so Jesus stood back. Mary and Martha's wondering, why is he not coming? Lord says, where is the doctor? You know, it's hopeless. And the servant said, Jesus Christ, this guy's going to die. How many of you feel you're at the break point right now? You're at the trip point. Your tolerance level as being challenged. But I got news for you. Bad things happen to good people. Let's worship God. I'm going to tell you, if I had children, I would never name my son Lazarus. Never. And they tell me by a, a survey in the United States of the 1,000, the 1,000 most popular names in that vast United States of America, 50-odd states, 52 states, not one person emerged with the name Lazarus. Think about it. When they polled them and asked them, why would you not call your son Lazarus? 14% says in the poll, well, it sounds cool, but I just wouldn't do it. 79% said they don't know, but they're just not going to call him. And 7% says just not for me. What is it about Lazarus? Only twice in the Bible the name Lazarus is mentioned. Amen. And right now there are two situations in your life that you don't like. You wish to God he was never given birth to. And it's in your house. You know, on the job you can walk away from a situation. But in your house, you're living with, you're have to put up with, you go to bed, you see it. When somebody dies in your house, the first thing you do, you cleanse the wall robe. You get rid of the pictures. Are you going to relive post-traumatic stress disorder? Hello. And so the name Lazarus, they said, we don't want that name because it doesn't represent anything hope for me at all. Lazarus means God can help. Now, that's the most terrifying situation in a child of God's life. I know God can do all things, but why would he do this thing? I don't think you heard me. Well, that's great. I'm glad he's almighty, but you know, I got something right here. I'm glad he's able to do all things, but hey, I don't, I don't want all things. I want this thing. I want this thing. And he's not responding. You know, Saul prayed and prayed and God didn't answer him. So he turned to a witch. Which witch are you turning to? <laughs> he can't find an answer. Hello? And David, by experience, learned I better wait patiently upon the Lord. I've learned to just wait on him. I will not force myself. I'll just wait on him. But the name means God is my help. And so its name, Lazarus, is synonymous with crisis. So you feel like I'm just a, a tragedy waiting to happen. My life is. Well, Lazarus was sick, and his name is synonymous with crisis, poverty, sickness, sores, dog licking sores, and poverty. Who wants to name a kid with that name? 
just like the name Benoni. Child of my pain. God said, you won't name my son that. And stigma time forever. You're going to name Benjamin, son of my right hand. Hello. But what's in your house? That's a crisis. That's a sickness to you and a sore to your sight. And like dogs are licking your sores and it's not getting healed. And it's driving you to poverty, starvation, humiliation. Because the first story we read, he sat at the gate in a state that we don't like and we would not name our kids because they may fall in that situation. And now we read about him in the second setting, which is not very flattering. He's called Lazarus, and the guy is sick. Amen. Sick means sick. How do you feel like I've had enough of what I'm going through? I want to puke. Why the fuck you want to puke? You're nauseated by what I'm going through. And I know Jesus can help, but he's not answering. <laughs> you know, I heard about this fate, this fate, 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 fate gimmick. Where's this fate? It ain't working for me. It's all a fake. Some people believe that. Hello. But Jesus says, forget it. Let them die. Let them die. But Jesus did not have in mind the plan to resuscitate him. He planned to resurrect him. I don't plan to resuscitate him out of a coma. I plan to resurrect him. <laughs> when God finished with your Lazarus, it will be a permanent fix. It will not be a resuscitation. It will be a divine resurrection. Can you hear me? Don't settle for resuscitation. I'm going beyond healing. Jesus, amen, may not be your first respondent. And your first respondent, dealing with you, with your, Zacchaeus says, with your, Lazarus said, the doctor said he's sick. Well, tell me something I didn't know. <laughs> the mortician said he's dead. Tell me something I didn't know. From his, from his soul up, he's dead. Hello? That's what the mark says. And the mortician said he stinketh. Hello. Hallelujah. And the community says, lock him away. I'm saying somebody in this church have a sick situation in their life. It's dead as far as you're concerned. It stinks. And you locked it away in a subliminal subconsciousness. Hallelujah. But somebody said, when you tried everything, You've tried the doctor who said he was sick. The mark that said he's dead. The mortician that said he's stinking. Somebody didn't hear this today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the community said, lock him away. It's hopeless. Give up on it. 
But the last respondent, you got rid of the undertaker, and let's bring in the overtaker. Can anybody hear me? I hope I'm preaching to somebody right now. Amen. God can wake up anything. Hallelujah. I say God can do anything. Now, I know my situation at home is sick. It's dead. It's stinking. It's bound. It's locked up. It's torn away in a cave. It's unreachable. <laughs> Unlivable. It stinketh. But when you tried everything, bring Jesus Christ. The Bible says, then Jesus said, well, we're going to go and see the, what you're talking about. It's amazing. When Jesus comes when you're unprepared, when you least expect the answer, suddenly. Guess who showed up? Guess who showed up? The overtaker. The only guy who can stop a funeral and say, hey, boy. You're the, you're the only one your mom got. Get up. Get up. Don't go to the cemetery. Go to the sanctuary and show them what that just did for you. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to tell you, the Lazarus in your house is not going to be resuscitated. going to be resurrected. Hallelujah. Get the right people on board. I'm telling you, my friends, some of you are wasting your time to sympathizers and empathizers. All they can do is weep and weep. They got professional weepers. Get them out of your life. Amen. Hallelujah. And so he said, look, I want to go see him. Now he's, he's walking on his journey. Most of you don't know this. To prove that Jesus Christ could have stopped the death. That's when the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus. How many of that? He was on his way to Lazarus' death situation. When a woman... Interfere his walk. Pressed through the crowd. Didn't ask him nothing, but a thought about something. So if I could just touch him, if I could just touch him, surely, hallelujah, something would happen. And she touched Jesus. And when she touched his garment, what she touched was the fringe of his garment or the reputation of Jesus Christ. She was instantly cleansed. That is proof he could have stopped Lazarus' situation a long time. Let me tell you, church, when God stretches out your problem, it's because the possibilities will be longer served. Yeah. Hallelujah. Paul said, God told him, this thorn in your flesh has a greater ministry than you without that thorn. Your ministry after that thorn is greater than you without the thorn. Because my grace will be focused on not your importance, but my omnipotence. Where you fail, I will avail. I come to save you from a bigger program than the one you want me to save you from. There's a bigger wind in your sail than the one you're worried about right now. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to tell you, there's a Lazarus in your house. Don't let anybody kill your Lazarus. 
In other words, don't give up on your Lazarus. I'm trying to tell somebody in this church, I don't know who you are, but God say, don't let them kill your Lazarus. And when Jesus Christ walked towards it, like so many of us, we get so mad and upset. We're humans. And we sat down, and the Holy Ghost showed up at the most inopportune time. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like praising. I don't feel like worshiping. I don't feel like reading the scripture. But about that time, he said, I'm here. When I got the Holy Ghost, I was just on the verge of quitting. I was on the verge of saying, I ain't going back to church. That's the honest truth. I fought with my Lazarus. I thought, this don't work. I tried praying. I tried fasting. I tried everything. And I said, I'm going to quit tonight. But then, an unexpected show up. There is a eureka in this building. Well, on these days, you're going you're gonna to walk through that door. Walk down, I said, Pastor, now I know that you are a man of God. When you walk down with that lattice beside you, and you show the evidence, that which was dead, stinketh, Rotten, bounded, tied up, wrapped up, knotted up, seem impossible, and God for good. And everybody tell me, give up on him. And I said, no. When you tried everything, try Jesus. Ah, oh, my God. I didn't give up on my Lazarus. Let's worship Jesus. You can never figure out Jesus. Hello. Hello. God's trying to tell Mary and Martha, I got a bigger plans than you have. And I said, hey, God, Saul is a murderer, is a terrorist. God said, get out of it. I got bigger plans for him than you know it. This guy's going to write all my Bibles for me. <laughs> Can you believe that your Lazarus might come in the church and live a better Christian life than you? Can you believe Lazarus may come and want consecration greater than you want to live? Who would have thought Paul would have been so consecrated? This guy who desecrated the house of God becomes so consecrated. That he would rather give up his life than give up Christ. I said, Hallelujah. Mary is mad with Jesus because he didn't respond when she wanted him to. At least Martha has some little, you know, I call it Martha the pessimist. In fact, the pessimist really was, the, uh, was Mary. And the skeptic was Martha. And she met Jesus about two miles away. I said, Jesus, you don't understand. Mary is mad at you. 
She says, why? Because she knows that if you were there, he would not die. You want the insult? And Jesus says, I was so glad I was not there. Go tell Mary I said that. You go to prayer, and God says, you say, God, take this thorn of my life. Wait. How long? Wait. When? Wait. How soon? Wait. Give me a time. Wait. Give me a sign. Wait. Give us some indication. Wait. Shatalava. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall. They will mount up above their problems and see solution that mortal eyes could not see. Don't let anybody kill your Lazarus. I preached to you before, nobody ever cornered Jesus. He's never trapped for a way out and for a solution. Tell the person beside you, God can fix your chaos now. You don't even laugh, you don't believe it. You're an unbeliever. I'm going to say it to you one more time as a witness against you. God can fix your chaos. Come on, turn around and tell somebody that. Come on, tell them. I said turn around and tell somebody. Be obedient. Hey, what is dead to man is alive to God. You know what's so strange? Israel is so afraid of Nebuchadnezzar. And God is saying to the angels, if only they could watch him right now eating grass like ox. Church, the day when God touched me, nobody expected it. The day when I bowed my knees to Jesus Christ, nobody anticipated it. And the day God raised up your Lazarus, you won't even be ready for it. Because you're so mad and waiting so long. But how long is long? God, like myself, don't have a watch on. But that don't mean he's not watching over your situation. Did you know God chose Cyrus to build him a temple even though Cyrus didn't even know him? Hallelujah. Let's worship God. And when Jesus finally came to the house, he came to the house and Martha told Mary what he said. She says, no, he's asking for you, Mary. He's asking for you. And she came, ah, ah. If the walls could speak and if pillows could reveal the tears you cried last week and this week, and the bathroom could tell how many tears you shed, I believe gallons and gallons would fill the rivers of the Saskatchewan River of the tears you've cried. And it seemed like Jesus doesn't care. It just got worse and worse and worse. Mary lost faith. Martha 
lost hope. And they said, Jesus, if you were here, things would be different. They forgot these omni. They forgot he sees everything. The end from the beginning. They want temporary solution. He want a permanent fix. If you feel your heart cracking right now, it's God talking to you. Because as I speak, the Holy Ghost needs to speak behind my, my, my message right now. I want the Holy Ghost to talk to you behind my voice. Amen. And speak into your heart a word. Amen. That you can claim right now. And they start crying, Lord Jesus. Ah! And the house is full of mourners. What you need right now in your house is not mourners, it's worshipers. You don't need to worry. All you got to do is just worship. You need a sad cry, but lift up your praise unto the Lord. I said lift up your praise. That woman ran and rode towards Elisha. They said, it's all well. She said, all is. Because she knew when I get to him, he's going to have a word for my situation. And so they start crying. And so Jesus got emotional. It's four days, church, that he didn't show up. It actually means this. Two days ago, it's 2,000 years from the Garden of Eden. Amen. Right to Abraham. It's 2,000 years. And he said, it's not time for me to show up in the incarnation. And so he waited two more days. So now it's four days since they call him. In other words, 4,000 years since Adam, he's going to show up to deal with their greatest enemy, the reign of the terror of death. You see, because you, you, you guys aren't student, you're missing the message. I can tell that. You're not Bible scholars. You're missing so big. Four thousand years death reign until the fourth dispensational day the incarnation took place and Jesus chose Bethany hallelujah to go where people are, are always dying and the Jews have a a superstition by the Kabbalah Jew system that when a person, a Jew died, for three days, the spirit of that Jew just stayed over the grave. So if Jesus could hurry up, he could put that grave, that spirit back by resuscitation. The Sadducees does not believe in resurrection. The Pharisees confess it, but not now. They put it off for a long distant time and not in the time of Christ. So Jesus had all planned out that all things are working together, not for your good, but for his good. Hello? Even the Son of God had to deal with delay. When he prayed, let this cup pass like you're praying, Lord, how long do I have to put up with this home situation? 
Please let it pass. And God said, no. No, my grace is sufficient. I heard you. But after you suffer a while, you receive the promise. Now I'm going to deep theology now, folks. And Jesus knew. They said, on the fourth day, the spirit that left the body and the soul goes somewhere and never will return until the last day. So Jesus deliberately waited until the Jewish culture belief was in full operation. Just like at Philippi, he stood at a place where Baal was king and said, whom do men say that I? Now Jesus stands right at the crossroad where the first Adam brought the rain of death upon us. Mary and Martha is crying. Everybody's asking, couldn't he prevent death? Sure he could have. Why did he not? He healed so many people, but they didn't know him as a resurrection power. God wants you to know him more as a rescuer. He wants you to know him as a deliverer of that situation in your life. And the Bible said, he started crying. They're crying and he's crying. Is Jesus crying because he's hurting? No. Jesus was crying, listen now, because of the disobedience of Adam. And now he's faced with the reality of the fruit of Adam's disobedience. Death reigned with his friends. Harming his friends. They're powerless, useless, hopeless without him. Never seen one rise from the dead. The fourth day is gone. They wrote him off a stink. So they buried the stinking thing away into a cave and lock it up. Roll a stone there. And Jesus stopped crying and said, all right. He shall live again. Oh, yes, Jesus. I believe he will, but way down the road. How many of you in the service right now can believe God for an instantaneous miracle? It's easier for you to put him off for future than right now. You know why? Because you don't think it's going to happen. And you don't want to feel sorry for Jesus it didn't happen. You can get the Holy Ghost right in your seat as I'm preaching. You can recover from your problem right where you are. Right instantly. But how many believe believe in instant Jesus? And the Bible said, they begin to make alibi for Jesus. He said, no, 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 I don't, need, I don't need excuses. I want you to tell me where you're laying. I'm going to wake him up. They said, what? I'm going to wake him up. The Pharisees don't believe in it. I mean, the Sadducees. And the Pharisees said, it will happen by the last day, but not today. This is the age turn of 3 AD. Amen. And Jesus says, get these Fakes out of here. If I was in jail, somebody said, I would choose who I want to be in jail with me. And Paul chose Silas, a faith believer. Because when two or three agree anything in my name, I want. Jesus, all I'm asking in Mary and Martha to do, just trust me. When you don't see the answer, Trust me. When you don't understand the map, I'm taking you on. 
trust me. When I'm taking you down that road they've never been before, just trust me. When you pray and the answers don't turn out the way you thought it should, just somebody had to get up right now. So help me God, the Holy Ghost is talking to you. Things aren't working out the way you thought they should. And I'm not here to meet your thoughts. I'm here to meet the will of God. Why don't you rise in faith and say, God, he's talking to me. I've got a dead situation in my house. My house is filled with Lazarus. I prayed and nothing happened. I did everything the preacher said. Nothing happened. I thought every rules I heard didn't happen. I offered every sacrifice I could and nothing happened. I prayed all I could and nothing happened. I read the Bible. I changed. I rearranged my everything and nothing happened. God has a higher purpose. My thoughts are not like your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my Then Lord, if you're with me, the wife said, why all the strata? Because you're about to give birth. That will change the world. I wish I was down here sitting down. And somebody's preaching that to me. I would go like this. Yes, preacher. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more, preacher. Tell me more. Shatalamahaya. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you when Jesus show up, uh, things happen around here. When Jesus show up, uh, things blow up. Uh, I say when Jesus show up, uh, doors are open. Possibility become realities. Uh, when Jesus show up, my friend, faith become faith. Somebody to lift their hands and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God said, put out the skeptics out of your life. Put out the unbelievers. And take me, take me to the place where you abandon your crisis. That little place in your heart where you hide away your emotion. And you hide away the real you. And you got this plastic facade that you showed everybody. But inside you're dying. You're hurting. You're wondering if you made the right move. You're wondering if you're in the right place. You're wondering if you did hear from God or did you just self-deceive yourself. You're wondering where you are. But all the time, all things are working for your good. All things are working for your good. I said all things are working for your good. God is trying to bring you to a place that you have never been before. I've got thoughts uh, before you were born, I ordained you to be a prophet. Before you came in this church, I foresaw you. I forecalled you. And all things 
that's a thorn in your flesh is God working out the struggle of the cocoon will give birth to a butterfly allow the struggle to take place because it's a part of God's program and God's plan Lazarus serve a purpose it's not a sickness unto death it's a sickness unto revelation everybody who knows God have a Lazarus in their life. If you hang around long enough, you will have a Lazarus in your life. And you will be preaching like I'm preaching to other Lazaruses that are in the world. You will be talking to them like I talk to you. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Somebody's feeling the Holy Ghost right now. Take me to that cave. You're a caveman. You're hiding away. You try to hide your problems. You try to hide your emotion. You try to hide your hurt. You try to hide your disappointment. You try to hide, amen, everything that's happening to you. But you can't hide it. Because beyond that cave is a stone that stands between you and your miracle. If you can move that stone, I can get to your problems and heal you. Don't have a stony heart. Get a heart of flesh. Let me into your cave. Let me into your cavern. And I will raise up your dead situation. You have hidden so long. Your emotions. Everything about you is locked away in a cave. You've sealed it with a seal. And you won't even let me in. Even though I appeal to you. Even though I cry out to you. You stubbornly lock me out. And between you and me, said the Holy Ghost, is a stony heart. You have a stony heart. And I'm trying to penetrate that heart. Roll away the stone. And let me speak a word into your life. And you will come alive from the death situation that you're finding yourself in. Roll away the stone so when I speak, it will not return to be void. Roll away pride, ego, self-centeredness. I'm asking you to roll a stone away. I'm here to work a miracle. Not just resuscitate you. I want to resurrect you. Lazarus! Comfort! Your cousin won't come forth. Your sister in the blood won't come forth. Your children in the blood won't come forth, but you will because they have not heard my voice. But you are hearing my voice right now. He that heard my voice, though he was dead, yet shall he live. 
and Lazarus. I'm telling you right now in this church, the day you move that stone between you and Jesus Christ. Right here is a stone right here. Look at me real good. This is your life. This is your life. I'm, I'm prophesying to you. This stone is your ego. It's your pride. It's your flesh. It's your carnal man. And God said, I can't get through to you. It's like a closed door. I stand at your door and I'm knocking. I want to come in and you won't let me in. You shut me out with your humanistic ideas and thoughts. And your ways are not my way. When you roll away, I can talk. And my glory began to shine. And I can get my word through to you. Lazarus, come out. Baby walk, baby walk. It's bound. Who bound you? I didn't bound you. I didn't bound you. Somebody's dead. Who bound you? I didn't, but somebody did. Loosen him. Who in this church need loosening? The next time you raise your hand and get the Holy Ghost, get off that trip. Let's go. Speaking in tongues. Let's stand. I sat in my pew stubborn as an ox. And God says, raise your hands because tonight you're free. I thought, I've heard it before. Why even bother? He said, what have you got to lose? Get rid of your pride. Just lift up those two arms. Because tonight, today, I've removed that wrapping around you. You're wrapped up, tied up, knotted up, tangled up with your own ideas, your own thoughts. And the reason why you have not seen what you're hoping for is because I can't get through to you. Because you can't do it without me. And when Lazarus walked out, because they moved the stones, the stone, and Lazarus stood there, and Jesus says, unwrap him. He started unwrapping Lazarus. And they pulled this thing off him. And Lazarus stood right there. You know something? Everybody in your family is not hearing the voice you're hearing. Your family's in a cave. Of worldliness. But God, for some reason, singled you out. He may not have called your mama or your father or your sister or your brother, but I chose you. I chose you. And I'm calling you out. And so they're still in the cave, darkness. But I'm calling you out. And you're coming up wrapped up, tied up, tangled up with all those people that tied you up. But this morning is the night and the day of resurrection. You're going back home, not sick. You're going home, not with sores. You're going home, not stinking, not tied up, not up. You're going home different. You're going home at last. You're going home. Mary is shocked out of her wits. Martha can't believe it. 
If he hadn't called the name Lazarus, all the dead would rise. If the Lord didn't call you by name, Jack, Sue, Joseph, whatever your name is, your entire family would have been in this church. But God never called their name. He said, I called Abraham alone. And Abraham left Ur of the Chaldees and left his family. God called you alone, Brother Beaton. I don't know about your brothers and your sisters, but God called you. You're not here by chance. God called you out. And they didn't hear what you heard. And Lazarus came out. And he handed Lazarus back to Mary and Martha. And said, aren't you glad I didn't come too soon? Aren't you glad I came on time? Isn't God timing better than man's time? This is everlasting now. He said, take him home. You take him from home. No, take him home now. And sit him at the table. And everybody heard that Lazarus has changed. His life has been rearranged. Hallelujah. I'm coming to a close. For a brief moment, Mary's house become the center of attraction. Everybody is coming to whose house? All those friends you're embarrassed to talk to about your salvation, you can't have the fact you were in a cave when I found you. That's where they stuck you, in a cave. And I brought you out. Would you bow your heads right now? But here's the sad part. Many believed on Jesus because of Lazarus. But there's some people trying to kill what God just resurrected. I'm going to tell you, you got family and friends that will try to kill everything this church is trying to do for you. They're trying to pull you back into the cave. And it looks like you've lost a whole lot. But did you really? Did you make a mistake? They wanted to kill the evidence. Lazarus. First they said there is no resurrection. And now God raised up Lazarus and he came from the dead. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. So help me, God, as I speak, and God made humanity, the holy Jesus of Nazareth is standing right here beside me, reaching out his holy hands. Say, come out of your cave. He's the same one that told Elijah, come out of your cave. I don't read where a lot came out of his cave. But will you come out right now? Will you stand out of your seat right now? If God talked to you, and you know God spoke to you, I don't want you to come because I'm calling you. Please don't do that. But if God honestly is talking to your heart, and you're wrestling it, and you're fighting off the swaddling clothing, would you step out of your pews, forget who's doing what, and say, God, I was dead in trespasses and sin. God, thank you, God. I can hear Lazarus saying to Mary and Martha, thank God he did delay. He delayed. But I was not denied. 
have a skeptic kill your testimony. Don't let the cemetery hide the stone that God rolled away. Don't forget the clothing God loosened you from. The evidence is there. He said, feed him. Don't bury him. Bless him. Come on right now. This service is for people who's trying to change and destroy the Lazarus in your life. 